It's absolutely wonderful to see you all here as well. My name is Christian, and I shall be, uh, um, I'm the senior minister with my wife Angie, who's at the front also, waving a little bit. Um, and uh, it's just great, it's great. This is a wonderful day to be with you all as well. And I hope and pray that you will all meet with God. I believe that God's in this place. I believe that he's going to meet with every single one of you. At the moment that there are breakthroughs that every single one of you are going to have in your lives today. Because we are looking today at Pentecost Sunday. Ooh. And that, that is a fantastic date in the Christian calendar where we celebrate the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. We are celebrating the moment in history where God himself could be experienced by anyone and everyone who desired him. That's how important this day is. That's the the important part of the whole part of this calendar. We'll just have a quick run through. Let's get straight into scripture and then we'll go into what we're looking at today. Acts 1 verse 8 is Jesus speaking to his disciples just before he ascends into heaven. And he says the following, you shall receive power. This is speaking to his disciples. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. No more barriers, nothing now. The Holy Spirit was to be sent every single place. And then we fast forward a little bit now to Acts 2 verse 1 to 4 when they are gathered. When the Jews are gathered together for the festival that was always taking place for centuries beforehand. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Okay, and from there, a whole load of stuff takes off. And it's well worth reading if you've not read it yet. But there we go. So let's ask you a question. Let's start with a question. Why? What on earth was the point of the Holy Spirit being poured out? Why was it done? Really? In all of this. This is not an RE test. There's lots of right answers. On this occasion, however, any youth in the room, the answer is not Jesus. Just you can't just say Jesus all the time. So absolutely everything. I mean a little bit might be Jesus. But why was the Holy Spirit poured out? Power. power. Bit of power. I like that. Good answer. Very good answer. I've not got any chocolate with me today, actually, but I, I can give you some chocolate later on if you're interested. You don't need chocolate. Um, anyone else? No? Make disciples. So we've got power. We've got making disciples. Yeah, we've got a lot. Actually, you could have got a lot, good, but some really good answers coming straight out there. I'm liking that. Liking that a lot. All throughout the Old Testament, all throughout, from the very point of Genesis 3, where Adam and Eve take the fruit, we see God aching, aching to hold his children close, but not able to do so because of man's sin. We see a horrible situation where really there is a distance between God 
and man, all the way through, you see God aching again and again and again to be close to his children. But it's just not possible. All the way through, we see a God who's fervently desiring to pour his love into people's hearts. But it wasn't doable. There was a distance again and again and again. It didn't even seem to matter how much mankind desired it back because there was always that sin in the way and it prevented everything from becoming the relationship that God truly desired. But then Jesus came. Jesus came and died for our sin. Jesus came and he took away that sin. He forgave us of that sin. He brought forgiveness of everything that stood in the way. By his death on the cross, there is now nothing that stands between us and God. Nothing at all. No sin, no guilt, no nothing. God erases it all with his death on the cross. And then Jesus is raised from the dead. And then he ascends into heaven 40 days later. And then just 10 days after that, the Holy Spirit is poured out. And the last Mankind can experience God. At last, mankind can enjoy God. At last, mankind can have peace and can enjoy Jesus' love, enjoy God's love. It's all now doable. It's all now possible. And it all comes back to this one event all the way back at Pentecost. It's where God, at last, can come and, have, and dwell fully amongst us, dwell in us, where every fiber of our being can be entwined with him. The Holy Spirit brings life and closeness in relationship with Jesus. Pentecost was actually a beginning to God restoring the planet back to himself. Okay? Okay. It was restoring life to how it was designed to be in the first place. It was restoring people to how they should be at the beginning of time. This was the whole, the God's big plan. And he was doing it all through the Holy Spirit in loving relationship. We're designed for a loving relationship with each other and with God. We're designed to live in peace. And it's God reaching out into a world that so desperately needs him. And that's is done through his church. So, the Holy Spirit is a massive, massive player in all of this. Do you know, if you actually read back, there's not, a, there's not much in the book of Acts that takes place outside of a prayer meeting before Pentecost. It, it's pretty uneventful. I mean, Jesus ascends, and then they pray. No one gets saved. No one gets healed. No one gets restored. Not, you know, they just pray. Which, you know, you might go, well, the prayer is good. I'm not saying prayer is not good, but nothing massively happens outside of the prayer meeting. It just all takes place in a prayer meeting. And then, once the Holy Spirit was poured out, once the Holy Spirit was poured out, everything changed. And on the first day alone, 3,000 people got saved. And the church, as Andy said at the start, was born. And that's amazing. But the Holy Spirit has a key role in mission. The Holy Spirit has a massive role in all of this. And so the first thing 
is the minute you, you mention evangelism or mission or outreach in a church setting sometimes, the minute everyone goes, oh, he's going to talk about that. I really hate that stuff. Please, 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 no, don't do a, a big preach on that. I don't want to hear about that. I'm too scared or whatever. <laughs> Interesting, before we even go into any of this, one of the things that people, Christians admit to whilst they are um, in their, Christ, you know, in surveys, I should say, is that um, fear seems to be one of the big, big players, or the biggest player, in not sharing faith, in not, in not reaching out to others. Um, and we'll see how the Holy Spirit has a major impact in overcoming that as we go through this, because it's actually very, very interesting. So the Holy Spirit's role in mission, the, the first bit is just in demonstrating the gospel itself. Okay? The Holy Spirit is needed by us to love God. He's, he's needed to live the Christian life. Do you agree? Yes. yes. Do, no. So you said no then. <laughs> See me afterwards. Right. But we need the Holy Spirit to live the Christian life. If we don't have the, the Holy Spirit in us, then we're living below where, the, the, where we can get. I say relying on the Holy Spirit, I should say. So relying on the Holy Spirit within us and having the Holy Spirit, being full of the Holy Spirit, means that we can live the life that Christ intended for us right at the very start. A life where we forgive, a life where we love, a life where we bless, a life where we live generously, a life where we're pure, a life where we're holy, a life like the Sermon on the Mount. I mean, if you want to read the Christian life, read the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 and 6. It's very challenging. One of the verses says, be perfect just like God's perfect. I think that's quite hard, personally speaking. You may disagree. You may think, no, being perfect is quite easy. I can introduce you to some people that think they already are perfect. But most people don't seem to think that they are. So as far as it is, Jesus is saying, love your enemies. Love your enemies. Not just love people. Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who persecute you. Yeah, he's turned the other cheek. Those are pretty hard standards to follow. And yet, he's up here saying, this is how, how high it goes. Yeah, it's not just about behaving right. It's about having your heart right. And only the Holy Spirit in us can make that happen. So that there in itself is absolutely crucial. That's the first part of it, really. It's by living a Christ-like life, empowered by the Holy Spirit inside of us. Do we agree? Yes, good. Oh, we're on the right page at the moment then. That's good news. But people are most receptive to hear the gospel when they see authenticity. That massively. Yeah, these days, people are not just going to... you just got to look at Boris Johnson these days, I think, to say that. Have you not? They're, they're most receptive to people and believing in people if they see that they're living their lives like that themselves. Yes. A lot of people don't trust people if they see that they're not living that life. Okay, so as far as it is, I'm, I'm not making a political statement there, by the way, just so anyone, anyone's getting a bit restless. All I'm saying is an authentic life makes a huge, huge statement into somebody's, um, somebody's understanding of who Jesus is in the first place. In one place I worked, um, I had a manager who wasn't a Christian, but he became aware that I was. I'm, and actually, I didn't even tell him, first of all. I just worked there. It was a horrible place to work because basically what happened was 
that um, you just got shouted at down the phone from 9 o'clock through till 5. <laughs> Unless you got overtime, and then it was till 7. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was an interesting place. Um, it, it was not a well-worked, um, a well-run establishment. I won't mention their name, even though they're out of, work, out of business now, which is hardly surprising. But you'd get in, and there'd be lots of angry clients. Basically, you pick, pick up the phone, and people are going, oh, this is rubbish, this, blah, 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 blah all the time. And um, I, a few weeks into working, a few months, my manager said to me, you don't swear, do you? Which didn't even occur to me. Do you, I, I said, no, I don't. He goes, that's very refreshing. That, that, <laughs> that was it. That was all it was. It's very refreshing. And, but it opened an opportunity to start talking about Jesus. And it wasn't long before he started trying out church. And we had loads of conversations about Jesus, all based off an authentic lifestyle. Because he saw how I was dealing with different, differently to everyone else in the office who couldn't handle people being shouted at and screamed at. It's a hard job to do that, I think. But those things happen, yeah? I had another person who saw my life very close up. He got saved because he saw how different I was living my life, and he started attending church. It, it happens when we show our lives off. Yeah, when people, not when we show off, but when people see who we truly are. Okay? So it's, imp it's important. First of all, it starts in a demonstration of the love of God, in a demonstration of the gospel. That's the first part. But it doesn't end there. Peter didn't just go, hey, brilliant, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, I'll just behave really well now. And everyone went, right, we'll get saved. He started mentioning it as well. He started declaring what was happening. So how does the Holy Spirit help us in outreach on top of being kind to others, in top, on top of being pure and righteous? Well, being filled with the Holy Spirit empowers us to be bold in telling others about Jesus. And this is where we need to understand what's happening, okay? I think most of us would go, yeah, I can be kind, I can be loving, I can do that. But now we need to, if we go to the point of, well, I'm to tell others about Jesus, then actually that's where things, where the rubber hits the road for a lot of us. Jesus called the Holy Spirit a river. And the Holy Spirit, therefore, is to flow through us, out into the world, not just stop up inside of us. That's the intention all the time. The Holy Spirit is the great equipper, the great empowerer in, our need, in the need that we need, rather, in outreach. Acts 1 verse 8 says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Power to be God's witness. And that there is crucial in everything that we understand about Pentecost. The Holy Spirit was poured out in order that we may do the impossible in everything. So if at the moment you're thinking, it's pretty impossible for me to actually go out and tell others about Jesus, well, that's the very point of having the Holy Spirit being poured into us. Yep. Aim to do what's supernatural rather than just aiming to do what's natural is the point here. That's why we've been given the Holy Spirit, that we can live above a level that everyone else lives at, that we can live above that and we can live in a realm where we can aim for that which is impossible rather than aiming for, well, we could do that by ourselves. Thank you very much. Does that make sense? It's challenging, I know. But at the same time, it's 
good. Our role is simply to be available to the Holy Spirit. That is it. That's all you have to do. You have to say, yes, I will be, it's a dangerous prayer. But yes, I will be available to you, Holy Spirit. And that is it. That does it. All of it then is the Holy Spirit. You see, because fear was, even the Apostle Peter had a bit of fear, didn't he? Yeah, he had a bit of, a little bit, every now and again. You know, I will never deny you, Jesus. I will never, ever deny you. And then Jesus said, well, you know, three times you're going to deny me. Three times before the rooster crows. And he's going, no. And Jesus is like, yeah. Well, you know how that one finished. Yes. He had a bit of fear, I would say. Yeah, he was a little bit tentative at times. But less than two months later, then Pentecost comes and he was standing up in front of crowds he was getting arrested he was sent to prison he was getting flogged and still he withstood all of that and why? because he was filled with the there it is brilliant go to the top of the class (laughs) get a gold star for that okay but it's good Filled with the Holy Spirit and power to overcome all fear is available to all of us. And I'm going to hand over now to my good lady wife, who's going to tell us a little story. Just a little story. Um, yeah, um, just a testimony, really, of how God's changing me. Um, over the last few years, I've had a lot of change in my life. Some of you may know. Didn't used to be a pastor's wife. <laughs> um, and other things have happened. And, uh, and they've really kind of challenged my foundations that I had built my life on to the, this point. Um, and it caused me to uh, revisit beliefs that I'd had for a long time, um, some of which I didn't even know were there. But as I was praying um, to God and asking him to help me with things um, about who I was and who God is for me, um, he began to change me. Um, one verse that stands out to me is John 16, verse 13. And it says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. And that's really how I've felt this kind of journey has been taking me into more and more truth. Um, And it's just been such a, yeah, that's true of my experience over this last few years. Um, I have experienced a lot of anxiety, which bubbled up to the surface loads of times. But as as I invited God into those places, um, the Holy Spirit moved in me and he began to speak his truth into my life. Um, as I'd give him the lies that I was believing. And um, he began to speak the truth, um, and they caused the fears that I was feeling to be released as well. Um, and, I mean, it is a journey, obviously, um, but as I've continued to do this over time, I have begun to see changes in me, um, which is really encouraging. Um, and I've continued to just keep letting God deal with the stuff that weighs me down and the lies that I've believed about myself, about him, um, and that which caused the fear to be in my life. Um, And I can see that I am becoming a different person and I'm becoming more of the person that God um, has always intended that I would to be. Um, And I just never really saw it before because all I saw was the fear that was on on me or in me or whatever, how how I was living, all I saw was fear. Whereas now I can kind of begin to see the truth rather than the fear um, they, yeah, there was just a lot of fear that used to surround me and um, shroud me and stopping me from doing the things that I, that, yeah, stopping me from being free to do stuff. Um, but now I can see that God's Holy Spirit, by talking to me and by his promptings and as I'm giving things over to him, he's then changing me and changing my um, beliefs about things that weren't true to his truths. Um, so, yeah, I, I just 
as I pray often, I will ask him, what, what, do you think I, what, what do you think I'm believing that isn't true? And then he then gives me scriptures about the truth of who I am and how much he loves me and how much he's got for me. And I am becoming freer um, to do things without fear dominating my actions in lots of my areas of my life. Um, and it's not a silly example, but an example that's quite funny um, is that we've now got a dog, which I would never, ever have had a dog, ever, in my, ever in my life, ever, <laughs> because I just thought, no, that's, it was just something I wouldn't do, but it's just bizarre how that's kind of like a, an example of how God's changed me, that now I quite enjoy having our little dog, but it's a silly thing, but it's just shown how God's really changed me in lots of different areas. Um, and I just think that he's, yeah, he's just really amazing that he's just pinpointing little things in my life um, and helping me to speak the truth into those things. And it's changing the way I see things and changing the, my view of myself and my view of him and helping me to do things that I never thought I would do. So, thank you. Brilliant. Thank you very much for that. Now, that is not to say that if you ask Jesus to get rid of your fear, that you'll get a dog. <laughs> Just be aware of that there, because uh, it doesn't necessarily go through that. But uh, well, thanks for that. Seriously, that was very, very nice. Um, so that's, the, that's one of the major things. He empowers us. He empowers us in those ways there to get rid of fear, to, to overcome the fear, to be able to stand in those ways. A second thing that people often say is that what happens if we don't have the right words? What happens if I don't have the right words to speak? But the Holy Spirit, again, gives us those words. He gives us exactly the words to speak at exactly the right time. Um, and if you want to reference that, it's Acts 4, 8 is a, verse 8 is a, is a, is a wonderful example. But a person's, and I want to make sure you've really grabbed this, a person's salvation isn't ever dependent upon our performance. Okay? Never. Our, it's very, very significant to know, and you see this as you read through the whole, um, Acts of the Apostles especially, but you'll see in other areas. God is at work in everybody's life all the way through it. Okay, there are people in your world right now that are not Christians and God's at work in them right now and he's preparing them right now. And that's what takes place all of the time. God draws people to himself. Our role is to have those small conversations along the way that will help in that process. We might have the final conversation that draws them into salvation. You might have that final conversation that, that leads them to Christ. But it'll still be God that does all the work in changing their heart, in changing them into believers. It's still God that does that. You'll see that in Ephesians where it says that faith is a gift that comes from God. It's faith that is imparted by God. So it's not our role to persuade somebody with really high convoluted arguments. We have the conversations along the way. And many times, those conversations will literally be to soften somebody's heart a little bit more. Just a small conversation that turns people more and more towards Jesus. It's important that... I think a wonderful picture is given by... Um, this um, scholar, N.T. Wright, where we have a picture of the Holy Spirit empowering our words to quicken people's hearts. And that's what's happening as we speak to people. He writes this, N.T. Wright, 
Paul understands that when he told the gospel story, God's spirit is at work. Gospel and spirit go tightly together in his theology. Belief itself is something which is affected through the spirit and the word of the gospel. They work hand in hand together. So as we speak the truth of the gospel, the Holy Spirit quickens those words and directs them where they need to go. Does that make sense? Don't ever underestimate the power of your conversations. Even if you don't see immediate fruit, very rarely do you sow a seed and see immediate fruit. It doesn't happen that, that often. And usually in our garden, it's normally a weed. Okay? That's the only one that grows fast for us. But you just keep on praying and talking, and you'll see what happens. Um, a final one is that he leads us to evangelistic opportunities. Okay? There are opportunities absolutely everywhere. And I think a big part of this is for us to be aware of them. Because this is a massive one. He, I, I'm trying to open my eyes more to this, actually. Because I've, I've become aware that this is something that's happening in my own life. But I, it's surprising where opportunities will happen. And the strangest of times. We were in Lidl. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not afraid or ashamed to tell you. I was shopping in Lidl the other day. And, um, and we were at the checkout. And, and the guy's just very friendly, just checking out the stuff. And he said, what did you do at the weekend? What did you do at the weekend? It's a great opportunity, by the way. To, to you know, just, just, you know, let's just chuck something out there. I said, well, we, we went to church. And that was it. That was all it took, actually, for him to go, oh, he's not a believer. Well, a little bit, actually. He just wanted to talk about God for as long as the checkout was going. There was another guy waiting. And he's just like, we're talking about God for ages. We hardly got a word in, actually. <laughs> but it was amazing how that opportunity just came out of nothing. That all of a sudden, here was somebody who was curious that wanted to tell us about where he was at in his faith walk and how all of a sudden an opportunity came out of doing the shopping. And I suppose those are the kind of things where we need to be more aware. I need to be more aware, I suppose, of the, the opportunities that are there all over the place. And it's an amazing, amazing thing. I think for a long time I've thought that people, a lot of people, that's just simply not interested in God. Would you agree with that? Do you come agree? A lot of people just, just not even bothered. But while on the surface sometimes it seems like that, it's here that we need to engage faith. John 4, verse 35, is, says the following. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Open your eyes and look, is what Jesus is saying. To see with the eyes of faith. All right? We might think they're not bothered. It may look like they're not curious. It may look like people are not that interested. You may have family. You may have friends. And it may look on the surface that they are not interested in the slightest. Jesus is saying, open your eyes of faith and look. Because actually, there's an inner thirst that I have put in there for me and me only. And you can look at that all throughout the Bible. It says again and again, there's a thirst. There's a thirst. There's that inner thirst that everyone's got for God. And they may not recognize it even right now, but it's there. And Jesus himself is just saying, engage your faith. 
Engage your faith and look at it through my eyes. Look at it through the eyes of Jesus because they are curious. They do want to know. Don't we want to see our family and friends in the kingdom of God? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that what it's about? It's about seeing people getting saved. It's about those, those conversations that lead people along the way. And your friends and your family and your neighbors, they are curious. They are interested. They do want to know. How do I know? Because Jesus said it. All right? So believe what Jesus says. Because it literally is being led by him. Again, being available to the Holy Spirit as he leads us in those conversations. Now, hear me, I am not saying you go home this afternoon, bang on the door of your neighbor with a Bible in your hand and say, my pastor says that you are interested, so you're going to hear all about it. It's not like that. But they are curious, and there will be conversations that lead them step by step by step into the way. So think about the people you want to see saved right now. Think about those people that have wandered away. They are ready for harvest. Yep. Come on. That's good, isn't it? I'm excited. I, I know there's loads of people in my life where I want to see people say, and I want to see people walking with Jesus. I want to see people worshiping in here or in churches around the country. And they are very, 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 very eager and hungry because without God, without God, people are not right yet. Are we good on that? Yes. People have not been made whole. And God is in the business of restoring people and making them right and making them whole with him. And that in itself is crucial for us to understand on the inside because we can go out engaged by faith and not think, oh, they're not bothered. Everyone is curious. Everyone needs Jesus. Amen? Amen. Brilliant. Okay. So the good news is you don't have to twist God's arm on it. It's not just your desire, it's his desire more than it's your desire. Okay? Jesus wants these people saved, wants people saved more than we do. All right? We don't have to be going, oh God, you know, it'd be nice. No, he wants this more than we do. Okay? And now we can also add to the mix, it's their desire as well. They might just not know about it right now. So let's pray. Let's believe for salvations. Let's believe for people coming back to know Jesus. Because this is on God's heart more than anything else. Is it not? Excellent, excellent. Okay, so what do we do? What is it? What is the massive application out of all of this? Ephesians 5, it's not going to come up on there, says the following. Do not be drunk on wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. And if I was to drill down on the Greek, it would literally be, allow the Holy Spirit to fill you up continuously. That's effectively what the verse means. Allow the Holy Spirit to continuously fill you up. I.e., the Holy Spirit right now is trying to fill you up. Yes, the Holy Spirit is keen to fill you up right now. And our role is to permit him to. Our role is to say, yes, Holy Spirit, I let you you in. I let you fill me afresh. I let you refresh me if you need refreshing. Restore if you need restoring. And I let you move in me. I let you. Okay. So, just to conclude this, the Holy Spirit is our power to live in close relationship with Jesus. 
He's our power to bear fruit as we talk to others about Jesus. He is our power to live the Christian life. So let's continually allow him close and fill us up and let's live available to him at all times.